0: friends welcome back to the process of being um it's been a minute especially if you guys are old followers or my ogs who've been here with me before um i you know that i started this podcast the series of the seven steps from my book back in july to promote it um life got crazy um yeah kids started back to school um doing all this other promotion for the book sort of Put this to the side. Then other things took off, and here I am, December thirty first, twenty twenty, just getting back to the episode, to, to the podcast, and recording step three or episode four um, of the process of being. So, for those of you who are new, welcome to the podcast, Process of Being. I'm your host, Carolyn Munden. The process of being is about learning to be yourself. I am a spiritual teacher, intuitive healer um and let me explain what that is i think uh i like to think that i am a helper that ignites others heart centers help them remember who they are empower them to live their dreams i assist with shadow and inner child work identifying patterns that keep you stuck i call myself a spirit helper i'm also a writer published author mother and a wife and again this is episode four, but it's the third part of the seven-part series that I'm doing, um, really because I just want to still talk about my book, Um, and I published a book in August of 2020, and it is called How to L- Love Yourself First, uh, Seven Steps to Healing and Finding You, and today we're focusing on step three in the book, which is Face Your Fears, Um and before I get into the steps and 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 the topic of facing your fears, which is the third chapter in the book, third step, um, I just want to say to you those of you who are listening and those who you have listened and and have been really good about it, thank you, thank you so much for the support this year, those of you who' you know bought the book, talked about the book, reviewed the book on Amazon. I thank you, thank you so much. Know that also, this podcast is going to evolve in a past the seven steps into sort of more daily musings that I'm going to have, a lot of my writing that I'm um working on right now, different sort of spiritual and life development that I'm going through it's gonna sort of become my own personal journal and that's what twenty twenty is gonna be about for me. So I hope that you guys listening to this stick around till after the seven steps are done, after I finished with this first block of of episodes um because 2020 is going to bring some really interesting things i'm super excited to sort of just really be myself on this platform and and talk about sort of how i've been processing my own spiritual path i'm entering my six years on my sixth year on my spiritual journey and i'm excited now to really just talk about my process and how i i learn and i heal still and how I'm committed to these rituals and, and continuously growing and evolving. And so I just wanted to say that before we got into the episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about step three in my book, love yourself first, face your fear. So the last two steps, and I hope you guys, if you're just listening for the first time, go back and listen to the other two episodes, um, so we were at, I wrote the book just to give you guys a little background again for anybody who might be listening to this for the first time I wrote the book um, as an extension to my own spiritual and life coaching that I do with my clients it, it's really in-depth um, I didn't know how intense it was until I started to hear from um, my clients and people who have bought the book who don't know me tell me how intense the book is and how they had to put it down so many times because the the steps and the way that I wrote the steps out um, and all the exercises and affirmation are hardcore I'm like helping you get to some really deep stuff right away and so know that if you're listening to this and you bought the book and you haven't gone past the first chapter I'm not offended it doesn't upset me I do understand how difficult the steps are so saying that Step three, facing your fears is really important, but also I want to say that it never stops. Fears pop up and if you're in full awareness all the time, and that is actually for me where healing begins is there's a willingness to to need to be in an awareness of yourself um, and, and a willingness to heal. But after you have that willingness and you have that awareness, then it's like constantly facing the fear. Um, And that's what step three is about. Um, So we've been talking about the healing process, but that doesn't mean, I just want to clarify this, it doesn't mean that something is broken, but it does mean that parts of us are missing. And so when we face our fears, we are, again, deliberately with intention facing those broken or missing parts of ourselves. Not broken, but missing parts of ourselves, the parts of ourselves that are in hiding what makes parts of the self hide and go missing is fear this fear is for most people subconscious and it runs deep and we're not even aware of it we're triggered a lot and we're not even aware that that's part of a subconscious fear that we have about ourselves which is what we call shadow work and if you know if you take the time to face the fear and not immediately turn your back and run the other way. What you are doing is clearing and centering and finding a balance between the you that you're aware of every day and the you that you're not aware of, which is what we call the shadow. And it's finding that balance. And that's what step three is about. The first point I wanted to make about the chapter is our fears get in the way of us living our lives. Not even our best lives, just life in general, because there's so much that we sort of turn off ourselves to because of fear somebody may say a word or you know somebody likes to talk about a particular thing you stay away from those people Um, you there are just so many things that we won't do we don't take risk we don't take chances all because of the subconscious fear that we have and one of the things I'm gonna say I don't brag very often (laughs) but one of the things I brag about a lot is that I face my fear like like I don't even know how to describe it but i i don't look at any fear as bigger than me all of it can be conquered and and what i've learned in my spiritual journey is that just face it head on and that is again and that was chapter one step one being honest like this thing here scares me it isn't anybody's fault it isn't there isn't anyone to blame it just scares me and when you can sit there with the fear you may not know why it scares you but if you can sit there eventually it'll come to the surface most adults are unaware that their feet of their fears because we have been programmed to shove them away we internalize adult behavior as children and so we notice how adults avoid conflict fear um, and then we model that behavior we then we're pro- and that's what I mean when I say program. We internalize what we see as children of how to deal with conflict and how to deal with our problems. Um, and some we learn along the way as teenagers and adolescents and young adults. We learn different things about how to avoid ourselves. But it's something that we're taught to do, it's not something that we... It's not innate. It's not a, It's not really. I mean, if you ever notice how babies and toddlers... Uh, take risk that we're just like oh my god they have no fear they're fearless yes they're fearless they're taught fear so so one example is that you know a baby's about to go up the stairs a one year old just learning how to crawl and we immediately pull them down and like no my god that's so dangerous what have we got to the top of the stairs and fell down which is normal human adult reaction but what we did now is set a fear that wasn't there before they were just exploring which really is the human experience is just to explore and figure out who we are, even in the face of danger. But you don't know that it's dangerous. We are taught that things are dangerous. Sometimes um you get that danger instinct that comes innate it's this natural thing. It's an it's an instinct. It's intuitive. Um but a lot of the times we're programmed, you know, a parent watches again a kid who doesn't understand that there's danger in the street pulls them away and then that becomes a fear that sometimes eventually becomes an anxiety, depending on how much the fear is reiterated about, don't go in the street, there's danger in the street, as opposed to just saying, like, we have to look both ways, you have to be careful, don't do this until mommy comes. And look, I've been, I have two children myself, and so I've, I've made this mistake before of creating fear where there isn't any. I've learned enough that I now allow my daughter sort of to learn by herself, and I, I just keep us safe. Um, distance and and like really invisible cones around her with my son the cones were all over cape I was all over the place I was a helicopter he knew where the cones were he knew where not to step out of line I created all this anxiety around him because of my own fear and with my daughter I've learned how to there's still a way of keeping them close and and keeping them safe without programming them to fear danger in, in every risk and everything that we do and so saying all that, we, fears are created a lot of times, and this is something that I work with my clients that we're not aware of because they were programmed so early on that it becomes conditioned. It becomes the conditioning of the family, generation after generation. These are the things to look for. These are the things to fear. This is how we behave, this, 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 that you're not even aware that that's the reason why you haven't taken the chance with a career or in relationships or anything like that that fear then creates a pattern. And it's the reason why so many of us experience experience feeling of not being able to move or not getting past certain things in our lives or knowing we have the potential to do more, but don't know why. So that's why um, it's necessary to face the fear one by one, situation by situation. And what I mean by that is that we don't know that we have a fear until we notice that we are creating patterns in our lives so if you're someone who has been afraid to be in a committed relationship most of their lives there's a fear there and now it has created a pattern so relationship after relationship you end because there is a fear about becoming either too intimate too close or whatever it may be but we can only find that out through experience itself through relationships Through taking those moments to sit here and be you know and and analyze why do I do this and it's really hard for some people to do that with themselves to be honest to sit with it and to be willing to examine themselves in full awareness I do this because my dad wasn't available or wasn't around and so it scared me I do this because I witnessed a bad relationship my parents growing up I do this because And as a coach, that's actually sort of, that's my spot. That's where I help you identify um, where the fear has grown and where it was initiated. Um, And it takes a little while, but I usually help people see this. And what I tell people is there's no better way of learning that through, again, relationship and experiences. So it won't just be, it's not... And the book is not like this, it's not like talk talk therapy where they're giving you scenarios or giving you definitions for then you to figure out yourself. What I do in the book is help you dig deep um, in that area. While some fears are necessary, again, the being careful while crossing the street, not walking too close to a cliff so you don't fall over, um, for our survival base and actual past experience, others are irrational. Um, you know, there's some people who are super afraid of spending money because they've been taught that it, there's a lack or a limit, um, that lack or that feeling of not enough is something also programmed, but it's irrational because it's not true. Um, it is just a false belief that's been taught to you you can have a successful job or have enough to pay the bill and never feel like it's enough because that's something's thought so that's an irrational fear again and even the thoughts about the relationships are irrational because how would you know that the relationship isn't going to work when you actually don't allow yourself to so the fear isn't real and we have to be aware of that that these are thoughts that we are having not actual fears there's nothing to fear they're just thoughts and we have to change the thought pattern but the way to change the thought pattern is to examine where that pattern was created so that's point number 1 and 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 examples of how fear has gotten in the way um so when we face our fear we're building emotional awareness we're expanding our self compassion Um, and this is why again I called the book loving yourself when you expand your self-compassion then you can really love yourself fully but you can and in that loving yourself fully um, taking chances is not a big deal because you know even if you fail you have yourself to fall back on so facing the fear actually really helps you sort of get in touch with your emotions and get in touch with the parts that scare you the most which usually hide um, or prevent you from feeling certain or prevent you from having feelings really about yourself in particular because you feel like you're the failure. So one of the things I love about watching my daughter grow up is her confidence. She's unaware that she's not supposed to love herself like that because she doesn't really carry a lot of fear around. I'm in awe of her and all the things that she wants to do she wants to try everything she doesn't feel like there's anything off limits for her anything that her brother can do she can do it as well if she's interested in it and she knows that um and i love that because and that, that just means there's nothing holding her back fear holds us back the self-compassion is that when i watch her fail she doesn't beat up on herself. She's just like, okay, tried that. I didn't like it. I'm going to move on. She doesn't harbor it. She doesn't hold on to it. It doesn't become a part of the story that's already living subconsciously there. She's just like, okay, I'm moving on, you know? So she is unaware that there are stories. There's no reiterating irrational thoughts around a fear because there's no homegrown fear there. She's just, I'm going to move forward. The self-compassion is great, especially for those who, it's great anyway because again if we fail it's all right that's an experience one of the things I love to talk about so much and in, in my teachings and when I talk to people about spirituality and and self-awareness and self-improvement is that all of this life all of life is just an experience and we learn from our experience There, there cannot possibly be mistakes they are just ways of us understanding ourselves um, and and knowing ourselves as beings as individuals so there's nothing ever to fear uh, because all of it is just an experience and even if it's something big it's not wasted and we can see life from that perspective you have more compassion not just for yourself but everyone around you you can then appreciate others experiences because everyone's going through it and you know it having now have that self-awareness that self-compassion expanding that self-love building that emotional capacity within you and you experience life differently point two of the chapter of facing your fear is understanding where fear comes from um and and here's where inner child healing is super pivotal um So there's there's one thing to intellectually understand our limits and our fear but there's a, and having thoughts around that that's the intellectual part of it. It's another thing to to understand where it came from because when you understand where it comes from again that builds the compassion but it also you get to see yourself from another angle. So when I do inner child healing and I do inner child work I am helping you place yourself, not as the child, but as the adult observing the child. You can see why, this, for instance, you can see why your parent told you that one time, grabbed your arm really harshly, really hard, and pulled you away from the street. As an adult now, viewing that child, seeing your parent, wanting to just take care of that child, you then understand, oh, I didn't actually do anything wrong. My parent didn't do anything wrong. They were just trying to protect me the best way they knew how. When that happens, not only do we break the pattern, you have a better understanding of yourself. You have now this connection to your inner child, which is connected to your shadow. Um, And again, the expansion of that is that then you can view the world not just from one perspective, the perspective now, that is fear-thought, fear-based negative thinking, but from... uh, that's where it came from so now we're pulling it from the root and like I don't even have to be afraid of the street anymore um because she taught me something in that moment but all I remember was how I felt the harshness of it the feeling like I was wrong in some way but now that I understand and I have this like 360 view of the of the of the pattern the fear I don't have to fear it anymore I don't have to be angry about it anymore I don't have to let it consume me anymore so that's the beauty about inner child healing um, so and then the big epiphany that comes from that view from the inner child and having that point of that 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 um understanding where it comes from is the growth. And understanding how that one little incident because we always imagine it bigger or we always make the story bigger because that's what happens when we're not in awareness and we're just in fear-based thought thinking is that we create something really small one small incident like being yanked from the streets because a car was coming and that then blows up into this I am a failure I'm wrong all these kinds of things you see it smaller and the growth from there you understand how limiting one small incident creates a fear, a lifelong fear. That puts in perspective all the other fears. So what's beautiful about this is that as you do this inner inner child healing, you start to understand there actually isn't anything to fear. Even the story, there's nothing to fear facing that first incident going back to that first place and and getting in touch with your inner child you understand that all you've done is take one small story and add it to it and add it and add it now made it bigger than you that then made the fear like this big monster that's overwhelming and you can't control it actually shrinks the fear it's more manageable so when the next incident comes up so let's say that's one and the next thing is Because of that I haven't been able to be in a relationship or because of another thing that happened I haven't been able to have a successful relationship Well now we can handle it because now you understand that was one small thing My parent did created the fear that then created another fear. So the next time we have to face another fear It's not so scary anymore. We understand. It's just a story that we've made bigger than life I hope that all makes sense (laughs) Please do leave comments (laughs) and if you know me text me, let me know share what you what if any of this makes sense so I want to just give a personal example. For me, growing up, I didn't feel smart enough to write or really accomplish anything because I grew up in the inner city. I was first generation American. My family didn't know um, the language very well. Didn't understand the education system here. They weren't really educated themselves either. And I grew up in a really bad neighborhood. Were really poor schools. You know, the kind that didn't have the good textbooks. So. That made me feel a lack because I came from essentially nothing. I came from a place that most people don't accomplish anything. And it made me feel that those circumstances then determined the rest of my life. No matter how much I fought to sort of change the circumstances, that overwhelming subconscious thought of not enough stayed with me most of my life. And it has been through the journey of healing that I have overcome that even overcoming the the I'm not smart enough to write thing because no one has to be smart enough to do anything just do it no one has to approve no one has to validate you don't have to come from the best neighborhood have the best education whatever it is that you want to do just do it it took me a long time to recognize that I had just created this circumstance of being the poor kid who didn't have a good education therefore I am not deserving of Doing something I'm passionate about or I love um, so that's one of the ways that you understand at least I hope <laughs> that what it means to heal from an inner child's um, wound and also cleaning up some of the shadows the parts of you that hide so I hid so much of myself because of that um, I didn't feel smart enough therefore I never let anybody me a compliment or i didn't believe in myself and as i grew more comfortable and started facing the small fears and understanding i'm not my circumstances i'm not the neighborhood i'm anybody i want to be then i was able to write the book (laughs) so that's one way so the third point i wanted to make in the episode um was really sort of expand on my story. The unworthiness, it creates all sorts of problems. Um, self-sabotage was one of mine um, in my 20s and early 30s. That's sort of something that I did because I didn't feel good enough. So I'm saying this to say when we don't face our fear, here are some of the ways that um, I sort of never felt okay and how I sort of perpetuated the negative thoughts and unworthiness. It was constantly no matter how many rooms I got into no matter how many times I proved that I could be smart enough that I was smart enough I self-sabotaged because I didn't feel good enough I didn't feel worthy because I hadn't changed the. I hadn't gotten to the root of the fear I was in a dress rehearsal I was glossing over it which is what a lot of people do they overcompensate for some negative ideas they have about themselves so there are people listening to this like i don't have that problem and that's fine you may not have that problem but there are a lot of people also who say all i'm going to do is try to succeed and try to overcompensate in this area so i never have to look at the side of me healing is important so that we don't have to fake it i faked it for so long but it was never i always used to say to myself when i get here i'll be okay when i get this i'll be okay i had the checklist and i talk about this in chapter two I'll when I get married and leave the hood I'll be okay Um, when I go to college I'll be okay when I get the career I'll be okay when I get the house I'll be okay and all of it check 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 was never okay because I was looking for this validation looking for worthiness looking for self-acceptance outside of myself again why healing is important is because when we do it from within then everything on the outside is better because it's real when we're trying to find it outside of ourselves and never comes or when it does come it doesn't feel like enough because inside we're still not enough that's why facing the parts of us that do not feel like enough or feel broken or whatever it is or feel unseen or neglected abused whatever it is trauma that you've been holding on not just for yourself or your family it shows up even when you think it's not Broken relationship, ending relationships, ending work, um, drinking, drug use, you know, leaving things before you fit, you're completed, fi- wanting so badly that the next project, the next business, the next thing, it was going to fill you up. It the the not healing is was getting in the way of fully realizing yourself. So, for so many people, what I see is this this thing and this thing, and I'm going to have this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And then it falling flat is because you don't really know who you are. You keep looking for it outside of you. But all we have to do is go within. Face the fear of ourselves, some emotional peace, whatever it may be. It, it will change everything. Um, so, yeah, I self-sabotage um, and really negative behavior at work. I got into politics. I went to college. I got married, lived in the suburbs. A nice affluent black suburb here in Atlanta that sort of opened a lot of doors for me um but i never felt like enough uh, cuz i never felt accepted you know fully as a child um and, and there's a story in the book i won't go into my story that there it's in there um but because um I, my family dynamics were so strange um and really hard and i felt a little neglected it, nothing i did ever felt like enough but i never confronted that part of myself that felt not good enough because neither of my parents really wanted me. I wasn't something planned. Um, and I didn't come from a marriage. So I didn't realize that that was the unworthiness I was running from. And, you know, even with working really big names, which I'm not going to mention, in politics here in Georgia, I just always was feeling like I could never get to that finish line. I could never achieve that goal. Um and and it was i i bring up the story because it was my decision to leave politics that my spiritual awakening happening that my healing you know journey started it was like i can't do this anymore i can't continue to be in a place or in an industry where i'm forcing myself to accomplish things but i still don't feel good enough i still don't feel good about myself in fact i feel worse about myself it was finally when i surrendered and said i can't do this anymore that the healing process started so i gave up everything i gave up caring about where i lived where my son went to school what would people think of me for leaving the career well, but because i was having that thought anyway what were people thinking of me even when i got really um important gigs and contracts I still was thinking, oh my God, what are people going to think? Am I doing a good job? Is this enough? It was all consuming that at some point in early 2015, I just said, enough, I can't do this anymore. And there started the process. Um, You know, I was always getting my foot in the door, a seat at the table, but every time I got there, I shrank and then I became angry for shrinking and then that anger would display itself outwardly. And either way, I could not move past the internal lack I felt for myself. I challenged myself after I left every day to allow my body to feel any sensation and then I would handle it from there. So one of the very first things that I did in my healing process is that every time the mind would go to what do people think, that was a big fear of mine and I would use anything to distract myself from drinking too much wine in the evening when I got home, to gossiping or complaining to my other coworkers about somebody else, um, that was my go-to. And I challenged myself that instead of doing those things, instead of going for the thing that was going to make me feel better instantly, that I would sit with the discomfort of that fear that I always had, what if people knew that my parents weren't married, that they didn't really want me, that I didn't have a great childhood. What if people knew that I'm not that smart, that I come from bad neighborhoods, that I didn't, really, I didn't finish high school, that I got G D. What if people knew? What if people knew? What are people going to think if they know this about me? I, every day, just allow myself to be there a little bit longer and a little bit longer. And I sat with that sensation until I got comfortable there, enough to say, so what are people going to think? And I went to the negative parts. And really, one of the things I do now with my clients is I say to them, who are these people? I remember saying that to myself and I'm like, I don't even know who these people is I'm talking about. Who are these people? (laughs) What are people going to think? Who cares? I don't even know who these people are. But more importantly... um, whoever these people are they're thinking about their own stories and their own fear and their own trauma and their own things and they're not thinking about me (laughs) it took me about two months to get to that place where it's like oh yeah no one is thinking about me once i did that which is to me the ultimate facing your fear um then it was easy to say where is this coming from oh the little girl inside of me who no one ever told we want you you're wanted you're special you can do anything you want. I had to give that to myself and that was really difficult and then it's just it just got better it got easier because I was willing to go to those places emotionally that scared me Um, so yeah um in healing you have to be stronger than the fear the will to feel better the will to not be a prisoner of the circumstance the prisoner of the thought the prisoner of the negative feeling and the emotional blockage it's will and that commitment to the journey and the healing process is what gets us through so the affirmation for that chapter is my will is strong it's to constantly remind myself Then, and in a way, still now, that I am stronger than the fear. I am stronger than the fear. And that affirmation was important, along with the work of facing those negative thoughts and stopping them in their tracks. Um, Because what I did for myself was create a safe environment to allow myself every day, even if it was just an inch of courage, to continue to go to those shadow, dark places within me that I was always avoiding. I was able to be honest there, but it was an everyday commitment and reminding myself myself, I'm stronger than this negative belief. I'm stronger than this fear. And so to close out, I just wanted to say here's a couple of things um, from the book, but I do hope you get the book now that I've talked about chapter three. See yourself as a child. This helps you stay encouraged because now see yourself as the adult you now giving the child you what it didn't have so rather than feeling sorry for yourself this person now and and because you don't know that as by extension you're feeling sorry for the kid feel yourself as the empowered adult now and then give that child which is still you what it needed then because it still needs it now so i gave myself the words and encouragement to say, not only can you do it because you've already done it, you got yourself out of the bad situation, you created a new life for your family, but you were worthy of having it. That was significant, and I could cry now. I, That little girl, needed to know I was going to take care of her. What I had done for so long was neglect her because I didn't like her because she was where my dark parts were. She was where my unworthiness lived. She is who reminded me that no, she was my reminder that nobody wanted me. And because of that, I neglected her. I needed to love her. I needed to love her as me because it's what I needed to be okay to get, to get through life. So that's one. The other thing is there's a negative story playing in your head. Remember, what are people going to think and then the people aren't real? Stop identifying with the story in your head. It's not real. You created it as a way of avoiding the emotional parts that are hurting that you didn't want to deal with. You created the story. Yep, I'm not good enough. Here's why. Yep, I'm not good enough and people are going to know it. Yeah, I'm not this. I'm not that. You identified with the story and then you made the story bigger. The little girl in me just wanted acknowledgment. She knew she was strong. She knew her will was strong. She was determined, because I did. I got myself out of it, and I accomplished all these things. I got the relationship I wanted, the family i always wanted. It was the knowing that I deserved it was the problem. So I made what was really small, because the will was there. The determination was there. The emotional piece was small. All she needed was knowing she was loved and worthy. And I gave myself that by unraveling the story so stop identifying with the thoughts in your head because it's not real it's not real um and when you can do that then you can do anything so <laughs> i hope you guys enjoyed this episode um please share it with others you think my um find something good here and might help them in their healing path and i can't wait for you to come back and listen to next week's episode um which is on step number four and it's putting yourself first with that i say send you guys with so much love and because this is 31st 2020 happy new year and come back next week for the next episode thanks you guys bye